Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. Welcome to The Word Podcast. I'm David Hepworth. He's... I'm Mark Ellard. And he's... I'm Andrew Harrison. And this uh, podcast should be coming to you approximately one week after the previous one uh, did, which is where we're now attempting to really up the frequency, as they say in publishing, uh, of these things. And uh, so tell your friends. Find details about it at the Word website, wordmagazine.co.uk. Or you can uh, can download these things off iTunes and subscribe to them, and then they come to your desktop. Automatically. Unbidden. Unbidden. They pursue you beyond the grave, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Like Reader's Digest. Shall I point out, ladies and gentlemen, how much Mark Ellen knows about podcasts? (laughs) The Hubble Telescope couldn't identify what Mark Ellen knows about podcasts. Where did they buy them? I just asked Dave, actually, uh, listeners, I just asked Dave if we still have the exciting jingle uh, at the beginning, which is Alice's Restaurant, played by uh, the, the Office Jug Band. And apparently we do. Hurrah. The reason I didn't know is because I've never listened to them. I don't. But then, Dave, I don't like hearing my own voice. I listen to other podcasts. We have to listen to you. Kind of money for me. So anyway. Uh... <laughs> Just the way he tells them. Oh, stop it. Here we are once again. And the hot topic, Andrew. The burning sense. topic mm. in every sense mm. is the inevitable live Earth concert, which takes place... What, in Hyde Park and then various other centres around the world Yeah, uh, this summer uh, to draw attention to and presumably reverse global but warming. But it's going to be good because it's going to be like, here we are out enjoying, oh, the weather's lovely, isn't it? Let's put an end to global warming. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'd put girls with their tops off on the front of the Sunday mirror kind of thing, you know. Heat baking down, people's, you know, and everyone will have a lovely summer's day out. So, it, saying how terrible it is that they're having a lovely summer's day out. <laughs> so, it would be perfect, in fact, if it poured with rain. Well, it? it should be. People ought to be applauding it. Well, on the stage. Heat can't win either way, you know. Yeah. If it sheds it down, it's like, oh, the sea levels are rising, we're all going to die. If it's nice, it's like, oh, we're all going to be burnt to a crisp, you know. The <laughs> worst thing about it is it's, they're flying all these rock stars from around the world in, I believe, they're called aeroplanes. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, the, it, what's it for? Is it to raise awareness? Well, what, are we all quite aware of this already? I don't know. Is it to make rock stars look like they care? I think that's what it's about. I, I, I have to say, I, um, I was prepared to give Live 8 the benefit yeah. of the doubt last year. Because yeah. um, 
No, genuinely, I, I think that, you know, Geldof and Bono and things like that, people like that, they've kept going on about this subject. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, God bless them. And, and their yeah, doggedness, you know, get, you know, there's a certain amount of credit for that. But I have been disillusioned by just how fast Live 8 turned from being a kind of principled, you know, a, a kind of elevating event to being just another media thing that was sort of chewed up within five days, it seemed to me. And uh, and if you tried to reconvene it tomorrow, nobody would go. Isn't that... Am I wrong? Am I ter- taking a terribly cynical view? Mark, you went. Oh, well, I did go. Yeah, I think the I think the balloon deflated very, very quickly afterwards, certainly, because I, I it was it was a quite it was a country mile, wasn't it, from the questions being asked by the broadcasters on the day, which were of the nature of, is this the greatest event ever in the history of rock music? Which I think Fern uh, Cotton of uh, yeah. Radio or One Fern was Fern as you normally Did you notice that little paw that I there? I always call it Fern Britain. Sorry, just one of those little things I got stuck in my head. And uh, and so you'd think if it was the greatest, uh, we we were being told it was the greatest, constant, the greatest uh, you know, uh, event in, in in rock music history. And then it, it sort of evaporated very quickly because of, for lots of boring political reasons. I mean, some of the things that it was trying to achieve, it probably didn't quite achieve. Hard to say. I mean, I, I was at an event. Obviously, it was, it was terrific to be there, and I loved it. Go on, well, was it, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I was, I, I went round to somebody's house for a barbecue that afternoon. Everybody ran inside to watch Pink Floyd. All all the, all the balding old blokes ran stood around the telly. And went, oh, it's great, this, isn't it? And then went back outside to barbecue and the sausages. It just seemed to be, you know, Live Aid, whether you liked the music or whether you loathed every second of the music like I did. Obviously I did. I had to, didn't I? Um, it actually did achieve something and clearly was a bit of a watershed moment. This just seemed to be an nth generation lame rerun of the same old thing. You know, it's the middle of the summer. We'll have a lot of rock stars together and they'll be raising awareness of something or other. What would yep. they? I don't know. I can't remember. You know, it's just this, this has just become nailed into the kind of schedule of what happens in the summer. And unfortunately, although this is actually, in some respects, the most important thing you possibly think about right now, I don't think it will change things one jot. Somebody was making the point, I can't remember where, it might have been in The Guardian, that actually the best thing you can do for global warming is we all stay at home and do nothing. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's an absence of activity. Turn the the telly off. Yeah, (laughs) Turn the telly off. It'll be a nice Sunday. Go for a walk. Don't drive anywhere. Turn the telly off. And don't even leave it on standby. That would be a really, (laughs) really powerful thing to do. It's a serious point. I mean... I always hate that argument that people say, oh, Al Gore in his movie, he flew a lot of planes while he was making that movie, didn't he, eh? Why didn't he just stay at home? It's just, it's, you know, it's kind of fatuous, that argument. Because he has to make, he has to pull his film together. He has to make his point. And you can't do that sitting at home wherever Al Gore lives. But then you look at something like this and it's got the the logistics involved in bringing all these people to Hyde Park and all the the major venues. The back line, the, you know, the, you know, you you look at the, the way that tours are constructed and it's ridiculous. People play Leeds on a Friday. You know, they play Pyongyang on Saturday and they play Bradford on a Sunday. You know, there's there's very little kind of logic to it. A vast amount of carbon will be burnt in this thing and what will we gain from it? I don't know. And it strikes me, based on my experience of having uh, occasionally been backstage at these enormous, you know, enterprises, in the history of the world, there has never been a more profligate use of natural resources than the major rock concerts. There simply hasn't. You know, they don't use anything local. They take absolutely yeah. everything oh, yeah, yeah. with them yeah. because nothing local is ever quite good enough for them. You know, yeah. I mean, viewers, listeners, you should see backstage at rock concerts. You should see the catering. It's yeah. absolutely staggering. And the amount thrown away could feed yeah. a country, you know, for just the average gig. 
They yeah. take everything in because they, this idea has grown up. And we've all, you know, laughed at the riders and the, you know, Van Halen and the brown M&Ms and all that kind of stuff. Well, That's all done there to, to communicate the message to the locality that we are coming in and we are like, like a medieval court. Right? Yeah. We move into your area, we steal your cattle, we rape your women, and nothing's quite good enough for us. And we move out, we go away somewhere else the following day. They have no commitment to the local area at all. We're working on a little piece about this in the magazine. Yeah. Kind of how green is my rock and roll? Okay. Not very green, I think. Yeah, the, the answer, answer is, is yeah. you might as well no, burn a load of tyres as buy a record, is the gist of yeah. it, really. It's the least green. Well, and the live event, even less green, isn't I it? I feel I should be defending this event. I can't believe go you guys. On. Well, I don't know, I just can't. I object to the fact that you're giving us enough time. Well, go on. Well, no, the only thing I, I would possibly say in its favour, and I can see now from your from your looks that I'm not going to win this argument. Give it a go. <laughs> Give it a go. Come no, on. No, no, no. I just, I just feel, I do think it's interesting in the, in the, in the, in the kind of ecological debate. This has nothing to do with rock and roll, that, that six months ago, the media felt completely differently about global warming. And now it switched somehow overnight to being, an, it, it went from nobody gave a stuff. Am I right or not? Six months ago, nobody gave no, a stuff. No, no, people and didn't now, give a stuff. now, was... you know, you know it, it was a brilliant, um, brilliant piece on Jonathan Ross's show, which is a British uh, a program oh. <laughs> on Radio 2. There wasn't a brilliant piece, listeners. There was, there was. It was fantastic. <laughs> when he was talking about how Prince Charles had been, uh, you know, castigated by the, the press for, for going to Clusters or something. No, he decided not to go, that's right, on his skiing trip uh, because he felt it was bad for the carbon footprint. So Jonathan Ross was saying, great, if he's not going, can I take his place? That's just a stupid thing Jonathan Ross would say, isn't it? No, but the point I'm making is, yeah. is, is that from what, six months ago, the general public consciousness of, of the environmental crisis was completely different to what it, is, what it is now. And so surely some kind of event that might possibly reach beyond that to the people who haven't quite caught up with what the media are thinking is not about it. But it's the best way of doing that to have Madonna gyrating in front of people. Very, very, very... Actually, I think Live Aid, I, I, I disagree, I think Live Aid, and Live Aid to some extent, achieved a great deal. But Live Aid achieved what it achieved. Because it was unprecedented. No. And what? everything in the media yeah. nowadays, is, nothing is ever unprecedented. Everything is repeated. It's another okay. sense. Okay. That's, that's, that's true, but here's the real difference. You know what Live Aid achieved? A great big pile of money. That's what it achieved. That's what it was there to do. Oh, raise Raise a bloody oh, yeah, fortune. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the point of Live Aid wasn't to raise any money at all. It was to kind of make some points about some stuff and maybe things will change. Open-ended nonsense. Got nowhere. What is the point of Live Earth? To say that global warming is bad? I think we know that, don't we? If it's to if it if the point of it was to make you donate all the money you were going to spend this year on petrol for your school runs or whatever and put it into sustainable energy, then fantastic. But it's not going to, and it can't. No. What it will be? It'll be a big a big away for a lot of rock stars and the kind of courtiers of rock stars to stand around in a big circle and say, "We're really doing something about this. We're really thinking hard about this." We might not actually. Andrew has his hand to his chin in a rather mock concern. I'm pretending to be Chris Martin. Yes, we're, really, right. we're really doing something about this because, well, look, we're singing a song about it. You know what I mean? No, I, no, I do. I, I mean, it, I still don't think it's uh, a bad idea to try and uh, make a point, actually, to a load of people who may not have fully got I think it. everybody's got the point. I yeah. don't think it needs an event. I think Joe everybody knows what the point is. Everybody yeah. knows the point is you've got to use less. Of everything. And, it, and it's just a question yeah. of how much we've prepared to respond. And I really think the first thing that Joe, Joe Public and Josephine Public are going to say when this is on is look at all the lights on that. My God. Oh, the, bounce oh, the, no, the, press, the press will be in a, in a, a ter terrific part over the entire thing. We <laughs> shall see. I think Joe Public's miles ahead of Joe Rockstar on this one. Joe Public knows the score. I like Josephine Public. I've not yeah. heard that before. She really knows the score. So anyway, we shall, we shall watch that one with interest. Yeah. The Word. A magazine, a website, a podcast. 
a way of life. It's something that's in the current issue of the magazine. And also, thanks to the magic of YouTube, on YouTube, um, is uh, we just did a list of, uh, of musicians with the, uh, with the coolest names, which is something that, uh, that viewers have also been contributing to via, via the website. And uh, it's, it's an important thing, isn't it, Mark? To have, uh, well, it's to have a name like, that people want to roll around their Well, I tongue, think we've ran a piece uh, like this before about people who had uh, interesting stage names. Because clearly people have interesting stage names because they're actually called Reg Dwight. Mm. You yes. know, so well, they changed their name to Ariel Bender, which is a great name. <laughs> but these are people who... <laughs> not Reg actually Dwight yeah, Reg really Dwight. Dwight Sorry, can I just and ask so a question? Ariel Bender. Real name? No, it can't possibly be No, no, okay. I think it might be. Mr. and Mrs. Bender's son, Ariel. It's a boy, Mrs. Bender. It's a boy, Mrs. Bender. I don't think so. so You're going to call him a real brilliant idea, Mrs. I, Bender. I was asking the question, is it his real name? And if it isn't, what is? I can't answer that, but isn't Andrew that Luther can. Rose? I can't know. I've got, got a, a, a strong suspicion it's his real name, but I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll be absolutely astonished. If it, is, it should be on this list. I think it's the man who was previously called Luther Grosvenor in his Spooky Tooth Day and then was called Ariel Bender in his Mott the Hoople Day. Well, Isn't we're, that right? we're the main one we now, well, why would you change your name? You've got Luther Grove. I was called Luther Grove. No, I'd be the bass guitarist in the progressive rock act and probably very wealthy and extremely happy. There are no bass guitarists in progressive rock rounds who are very wealthy. No, they're all happy. That's true. But the, the top of this list is one of my favourites. These are musicians with real great names, aren't they? Yes. And the top of the list, I'm very fond of, is, is Thelonious Monk. Say that Ma- again. Mainly, mainly because somebody once rang up. <laughs> we ran this piece about record shops. And it's all about the sort of general mishearings that people come up with when they're asking for a record. And somebody came in and said, can I have an album? Somebody's aunt, wasn't it? Came in and can I have an album by The Loneliest Monk? <laughs> she misheard it. It was a, a group called The Loneliest Monk. It's actually just Thelonious Monk. Like a jazz maestro. Fantastic stuff. So who else have we got? John Coltrane. Vashti Bunyan. He's a great, he's a great real name. Laura Nairo could not have gone off and worked in IT or been a plumber. Could she? She'd have to have been a singer-songwriter. Do you know anybody well, else called Nairo? Can you imagine? IT or Nairo. So. Sounds like a kind of an abbreviated Greek name or something like that. But she's it? a headline fact, isn't she? <coughs> Night boat to Nairo, that kind of thing. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a good name. Oh right, it's an important thing, isn't yeah. it? That yeah. Go on. What else you got? That's another little item we ought to do on the podcast. Actually, it's, it's instant headline with Andrew Harris. <laughs> we just mention something and he writes a headline. It's yeah. It's like uh, Derek Akora's Ghost Watch, isn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah just, we come to me through the ether. We were talking about the, the tragic uh, ending of one of the great London venues the other day. It's being knocked down to build a car park or something, and it was white man or white van at Hammersmith Palace. That's, <laughs> right. that's the one. Anyway, that's the way he, that's the way he thinks. That's very good. Todd Rundgren. That's a brilliant <laughs> name. Were you the man Todd who wrote Rundgren. the headline Stop the World, I Want to Geld Off? I Want to Geld Off. God. Oh, yeah. I wrote a good one for a, which I tried to sell to the, the Times actually when we tried uh, to sell so, a headline. I tried to head, no, I tried to sell a headline. <laughs> That's very <laughs> interesting. No, no, Pete picked it at the Sun. Do you remember Pete picked it at the Sun? And it was during the petrol strike uh, in this country in two thousand and one, and there was there was a fantastic bust up in the, in, the, in the garage just around the corner where people were actually having fist fights over who could get to the petrol pumps first. And my headline was Malice of Forecourt, oh! which I said to the Times and said for ten pounds you can use it. Can I just? That's more than AA Gill. <laughs> was it Pete Picton? Pete Picton, who now works on the Sun once again and does the Sun's website. And I used to work with Pete many years ago. Oh, I know. And he used to say. ring. Up, <laughs> yeah. Used to ring up to speak to people, chasing a story or whatever. And they'd say, "Who is it calling?" He'd say, "Pete Picton, I'm calling from Her Majesty's Press." Oh, That's God. right. <laughs> <laughs> he said to the Sun, they put the phone down. <laughs> that was a great line. It was Her Majesty's Press. <laughs> 
Majesty's a subscriber. It's never out of it. Go anyway. on, who, who else you got? Well, these are people with just real wonderful names. Um, Jeffrey Hammond Hammond, who I think was the keyboard player of, of, of the, the Jethro Tull. Johnny Cash. Björk. Björk. Mm. Isn't that a great name? Björk. Snooks Eaglin. Snooks Eaglin, the blues musician. Elvis Presley. I mean, it's just so fantastic to be born. It was Brian Eno. That's his real name, isn't it? I think it is. He's Tony got a Evan Dando. Dando. Brian Eno's got a very long name that uh, that ends, ends with uh, Cloud. With, yes, it's like oh, uh, Dido. Like yeah, anyway, carry yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those people. Uh, and anyway, we've put these on a kind of rolling title sequence, and you can find that on YouTube if you want to watch them go past to the. Uh... It's like the creep in Star Wars, isn't it? He just goes off to. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and we've got a bit of uh, military band music that uh, actually accompanies that along. And if you got again, you know, it's the kind of thing that people just. Fling their suggestions in. It's an open-ended subject. Wordmagazine.co.uk. These and other subjects. I've actually started a thing only the other day saying I needed a load of list songs. And, yeah. uh, and you know, I've got, a hundred, a I've got over 100 already. Songs that involve lists, you know, like uh, Reasons example. to be Cheerful by Ian Dury and the Blockheads. And, Hello by uh, the Beloved is the, the classic. The things that oh, dreams right. dreams are made of it. by yeah. the Human League. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, Give Peace a Chance. Plastic Ono Band. Everybody's talking about baggies and whatever. Oh, I've got this And, and it's, it's only when you unleash it, you know, you throw it open to the community, you just realise how many of them there are. It's absolutely staggering. They're pouring in at an unbelievable rate. Oh, that's so I think you should do it as a page in the magazine or whatever yeah. with, the, with the stories behind that's them. I was absolutely oh, amazed at the numbers of them. We can call it Listeria. Listeria. See, this we're doing already. See. Instant headline. He's still <laughs> yeah. got it. Let's oh, yeah. The old magic Andrew is still there. The, the doctors tell me it'll clear up the You're listening to a podcast from The Word. At this point in the podcast, it has been a long-established tradition for two weeks now, this is the second week, <laughs> uh, that uh, we, we like to have from um, the, uh, the rich background and history of popular music, <laughs> Andrew's a tale. What? <laughs> Andrew's wincing here as okay. he tries to get himself ready. No, a kind of apocryphal tale of a, of a rock and roll legend. Right and, there. And, uh, and over to Andrew. Okay, well, this didn't happen to me, but to somebody kind of a bit like me. Everybody knows <laughs> what a really friendly, nice guy Van Morrison is, don't they? He's, he's like, the license of the party. Yeah, they, he's, he's a charmer. They, they all love him. Can I just, but, can I just interrupt you? <laughs> yes, <laughs> a <laughs> sentence into the anecdote. Off yes. you go, go on then. It's all about tangents, Andrew. Yeah. Um, you, we were, had an idea for a Van Morrison cover recently, didn't you? What was, was your idea? It was, it was, was smile. It the lighter side? Was it the lighter side? Smile, the lighter side of Van Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> With a picture of this rickless grin on the face of the old uh, man himself. Anyway, so Van Morrison, much loved by his band. And, and turn that so, frown upside down. Absolutely, yeah. Turn that then. entire head upside down. <laughs> so... Van Morrison, it runs a tight ship, apparently. He runs a very tight ship. His musicians must be there, ready to go at uh, half past eight in the morning or something in the rehearsal, For rehearsal space. Yeah, with yeah, with instruments strapped on, all stood there, virtually to attention, ready to kick off yeah. for when Van comes in and starts going on about gnomes and elves and the Kelp, you know, the Kelp <laughs> and, 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 and Yates and, yes. and you Puddings, know, Molly Blooms on the pants, yeah. all that carry on, yeah. Is he but, there himself, Andrew? No, he's not. He doesn't, turn no. Up to, he doesn't turn up till ten o'clock. <laughs> so they're stood there for an hour and a half. And do you know what he does at ten o'clock? Oh. He goes off with the paper for a bit of a think in a little room, and then comes back and bands on stage and goes, 
it was only a hundred years ago, but whatever. I can't yeah. do Van Morrison. Yeah. So anyway, um, in uh, after months of this, uh, the band get a little bit restive, and they have obviously got to find ways of amusing themselves. Uh, of course, Van's temper being no- notoriously foul, uh, they, they 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 have to get a bit inventive with this. So one of them decided that a way to, uh, one day a way to pass the hour and a half would be to go over to the head the um, the pouch on the, on Van's microphone stand and pick up one of his gob irons, pick up his he harmonica. He has a bag full of harmonicas. He has a bag full of harmonicas. And they two disappeared off into a small room, and there's no nice way of saying this, passed the harmonica through their anal cleft uh, several times, back and forth, with a good old old sawing motion, and then returned it to the the pouch, and then they all just stood there waiting for Van to turn up. (laughs) In he comes and goes, come on then, what are we going to do now? Let's do... What's a Van Morrison song? Let's... Let's do moon dance. Let's do something with the harmonica. Yeah, for God's sake. Let's do moon dance. Let's do Gloria. Let's do Gloria. What the people want to hear is your fantastic harmonica. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, go, 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 pick up the one on the left. Yeah, the nice chrome one. We're doing an E, Van. We're doing an E. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Van's, <laughs> Van's popping away through the soiled gob iron, uh, <laughs> and apparently this went on for months, and, and um, I don't, I don't know if it's even stopped now. They might still be doing it's it. They still be doing it. So, so listeners, if you next time you go to a Van Morrison concert, and you know, and you, he offers you the mic, the, the <laughs> harmonica, decline with thanks, and you watch him going through the bag, you know, yeah. give a certain piquancy to your experience, because Van won't know about. This, you see, I don't think. Do you? Unless you subscribe to the word podcast, Dave. <laughs> so, Van, we're, we're looking, out there. Forward, looking forward to hearing from you. Yeah. Uh, oh, your legal representative. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uk. Any feedback, any suggestions, anything you want to throw into the mix? Podcasts at podcast at wordmagazine.co.uk. <laughs> Stop giggling. Sawing motion. Sorry, it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> the anal cleft. <laughs> Three more from them. It's a nice intersection, anal cleft. That's not the recording. <laughs> this podcast was brought to you by The Word. Details at wordmagazine.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs>